You're listening to The Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. I'm your host and business mindset coach, Anna Dunleavy, and we'll explore topics on self-doubt, following your intuition, and why self-limiting beliefs might be holding you back. Hello and welcome back to season seven of the podcast. I'm so, so grateful to have you here. Last season saw us talking about finding opportunities in adversity and I interviewed a number of small business owners and we talked about how they dealt with the effects of the pandemic on their small businesses. This season I'll be bringing you a mix of guest interviews and solo shows exploring the journeys taken to create a successful business and we'll also touch on topics such as negative self-talk, creating routines that work for you and exploring the ways in which we hold ourselves back. And I'm really happy to say that today's guest is Claire Baker. Claire is a period coach working with women to help them understand the cycles better and to use that knowledge to their advantage. And this is a topic that I've been exploring personally for some time and I'm excited to bring this knowledge into my coaching practice as well. And Claire talks through the four seasons of your cycle and explains what it really means to live in sync with your menstrual cycle. So let's dive straight in. Hi Claire, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, and uh, an absolute pleasure. I'm really looking forward to spending the afternoon having a chat with you. <laughs> so for those who don't know you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. Okay, so I work with women who are looking to better understand their menstrual cycle and not just from a fertility perspective, but but from a creative perspective, from a wellness perspective, from even like a spiritual perspective of just learning how to understand what on earth is going on inside our bodies every month and how these hormonal changes make us feel. It's been my personal experience and certainly professional over the last seven or so years that by understanding our hormones and by understanding the different phases of our menstrual cycle that we can better understand ourselves, we can better optimize our work life, our health, our creativity, our relationships, and we can just better take care of ourselves. And so my work is all about teaching this information to women, helping them to uncover it for themselves, learning how to chart their cycle and just coming into more harmony with their body basically so that we can all stop being at war with ourselves and actually start flowing with Mm. our our bodies. That's what I do. Amazing. And so if we rewind a little bit when you were, you know, a younger girl, perhaps in your teenage years, what was your relationship to your cycle then? (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Oh God, I, I hated being a female. Like Mm -hmm. I hated when my boobs, I started growing breasts when I was about maybe like 11. And I remember just hating it so much. I really hated having to wear crop tops. I hated that I looked different from my younger siblings. I, I don't even really remember getting my period and I don't, I didn't necessarily like really dislike it, but I certainly never celebrated it like the the natural rhetoric with my girlfriends at school was just to complain about it and to groan Mm -hmm. about it and you know what I mean like it was we didn't we didn't place a lot of emphasis on it but it certainly wasn't something that we were enthused about or you know we felt was a superpower or something that we could celebrate I just felt really normal to me to dislike it and to dislike my body and to want to always lose weight. Like it just felt really normal that I always had five kilograms to lose. It just felt really normal that I didn't like my thighs or my Mm. stomach because 
every single one of my friends would would say the same thing about their bodies and every film I watched, you know, women were poking and prodding at their bodies in mirrors and it was every fitness health magazine, women's magazine I picked up confirmed to me that it's really a normal thing if you're female to not have a positive relationship with your body. And um, I think that's changing, but certainly when I was in my teens and early twenties, it was not, it was not a happy, happy, <laughs> happy relationship between me and my body mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's changed a great deal. Yeah, I can certainly relate. And, and particularly when I was a teenager, I certainly remember complaining a lot when, mm-hmm. when we did get our period and talking about it in hushed voices. <laughs> um, that was another thing I think that was quite, I remember quite um, specifically not, you know, not talking about it too openly. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. an interesting one. And how has that changed then? And and I suppose looking at your journey from coming from that place of of not perhaps celebrating your body and your cycle, how has that? Where did that shift come from? I suppose it certainly hasn't been one thing. It's been a, a combination of of different things over a number of years when I think back to like one of the most pivotal moments, it would, there would be a few things that happened around the same time. I was about 26 and I, I decided to start practicing yoga. Um, That was a really big one for me, actually. That was the first time I think I started using exercise in a way that wasn't just about trying to burn calories. And that it kind of sparked this like, curiosity about what my body could actually do just beyond like clocking up kilometers and it was quite cool to see like my body shift and change in a different way to like see my flexibility increase and my connection to my body and being able to listen to my body and um yoga has been yeah and and, and it still does provide that for me as well i also came off the contraceptive pill at about the same time and i'd been on it for around about a decade on hormonal contraception and um that really changed things in a big way because i felt so different being off the pill than i did being on it and these changes were just so, again, it was like this curiosity, like it was just so fascinating to me how different I felt physically, mentally, and emotionally being, being off the pill. So those, those two things happened at about the same time. I also started um, studying nutrition and health, holistic healing and health and kind of all these things combined just shifted me onto this new trajectory where I started to examine the relationship I'd had with my body and I started to pay attention to my cycle and to my period and, um, and started to look at it from a, you know, from a different angle, approaching it with more curiosity and fascination rather than like loathing and, and disgust. So that curiosity really led you to then kind of actually considering making this into, you know, your career. And so how did that come about? And at what point did you think, actually, obviously you mentioned you started um, nutrition training and holistic health. How did that feed into then becoming, you know, a a women's coach? Hmm. It happened very organically. So I've always had an interest in health and I've always had that sense that I wanted my career to be one where I was, you know, helping people. And I'd wasn't really sure how that was going to happen. I started my health coaching training purely to 
at the time I said it was kind of purely just to help with family and friends and just my own education. But very quickly I realized that I wanted to do this full time and I wanted to really focus on this and see where it could take me. So I I began seeing clients. I was still working um, in my other role at the time, but for 18 months, I sort of juggled both and started to to take clients on. I started working with women, looking at self-care and well-being and, and it just became so obvious to me really quickly that if I was going to be working with women on their self-care and creative expression and personal development and all of the things that coaches work with people on, that this, this menstrual cycle stuff that I was also, that was happening like in tandem with my professional life trajectory shifting at the same time, I was discovering all of these things about my own body post pill. It just naturally became a part of conversations with with clients in sessions. Like, for example, if a client would say to me that she was, um, you know, feeling disappointed because she'd been, you know, really eating really well, cooking great food the following, you know, the week prior and was feeling really positive in her body and feeling really creative and hopeful. And then the next week had suddenly like just wanted to curl into a cave and felt really doubtful suddenly was craving sweets and sugar and didn't have as much energy and was really beating herself up. Everything I was learning about the menstrual cycle was actually telling me that that was really normal and that that, could indicate, you know, a hormonal shift that had, that had occurred. And so it just became, I was just so curious again, I was just so eager to understand if, if other people, if other women had this same experience that I had had and that I was learning about with, with the cycle. And so very naturally I would ask clients before a session, like, wait, what cycle day are you on today? Like, let's start tracking that. Let's see if there are patterns. Um, and there were, and the more and more women I worked with and I have worked with over the past seven years have just continued to, to solidify this for me that we need as, as, as women, people with female reproductive organs, we need to have a more cyclic approach to the way that we uh, take care of ourselves, the way that we work, the way that we create, because we shift and change week to week. We, we are not linear by any means. Mm. And so on your website, it actually states that you teach women how to find their flow by living in sync with their menstrual cycle. But what does that actually mean in practice? Mm. So the idea of living more in sync with your menstrual cycle is about... Number one, having awareness. It always starts with awareness, always. So number you know, the number one thing is being aware of, the, A, the fact that you have a menstrual cycle and that there are these hormonal fluctuations and beginning to understand what they are. And then B, being aware of where you currently sit on any given day within that within that cycle, you know, which phase you're in, what, um, you know, what your strengths and your superpowers are in that particular phase for you, what your vulnerabilities are and being aware of those so that you can approach your day, whatever you need to do with that awareness. So for example, I'm on cycle day eight today. And this is what I would call the spring phase. It's pre-ovulation. Estrogen is is rising. Um, My period ended a couple of days ago. So I'm feeling that lovely, like, surge this swell of hormones in my body and i have i naturally have more energy i naturally have more positivity and motivation and i have a like more capacity to work and, and to really get my teeth stuck into projects and get things started so so i've structured my week this week with more 
um, planned with more to do's. I'm sort of surrounded by to-do lists right now and calendars and I'm, I'm really clear on what needs to happen and what I need to to, to do to produce in the next you know, week or so. But in a couple of weeks time, when my, you know, when I, estrogen has shifted and progesterone takes over, which is a much more soothing hormone and calming hormone, and it's less interested in kind of you know, getting a million things done. Um, my, my day will look different and I'll still be, I'll still be working. I'll still be operating in the world, but I'll have a different approach. I'll be less externally focused. For example, I'll be much more like internally focused and focused on myself rather than sort of reaching out and connecting with people. Um, and so menstrual cycle awareness is just about understanding these different phases and understanding how we shift and change and just making the adjustments wherever you can in your life to to accommodate for that and to optimize that and to just be kinder to ourselves ultimately it doesn't have to mean like overhauling your entire life but there are definitely practical shifts and tweaks lifestyle tweaks that, um, that we can make that do make it easier to be in a female body living in a world that is very linear and obsessed with productivity um you know and we we have to operate in this world and so menstrual cycle awareness and cycle syncing is very much just about making the changes that you that are within your control and holding yourself in that awareness that um yeah you are a cyclic being in a very linear linear based world mm. so it's really not about making those kind of big dramatic changes but actually making those kind of small adjustments and tweaks like you say to to make it kind of work better with um our life now Exactly. And some people will have more flexibility than others. I, I work for myself and I currently don't have children. So I do have a certain level of, of flexibility that other people um, may not have. And I, and I fully respect that. Like I know that when I am bleeding, when I'm um, on the first couple of days of my period, I'm just not at my most productive. And so I don't try to push it. You know, I take I take a couple of days to just potter about the house, maybe do some gardening, lie down if I need to. I don't pressure myself to get, I'm not doing anything like what I'm doing today, for example. You know, mm -hmm. this time last week, it was a very different story. And I recognize that if I needed to go into an office, that wouldn't be possible. But there would be some things that I could, that would be within the realm of my control. I could maybe say no to unnecessary meetings, or I could plug my headphones in and just listen to some like soft, you know, piano music or something that felt soothing. I could maybe, you know, uh, make sure that I had a really like lovely, warm, nourishing lunch that I could go and make sure I take my lunch break and just go sit on a patch of grass and, and say no to social commitments for that first couple of days outside of work. Those sorts of things, you know, like there are, there are boundaries to be, to be set. And it often does require us to, to really affirm what we need and to ask for what we need and ask for help to say no, all of those those things um, aren't always easy, but there usually is. There usually are things within the realm of our control, even just like a ten percent shift in the way that we approach, um, say days like you know it's cycle day one and two when we are bleeding and maybe don't feel like being superwoman that day, and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in a lot of your work, you talk about the seasons that we go through in our menstrual cycle. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about that? And I know that you've already kind of talked about various kind of shifts and, and how we might be feeling in each kind of season, but perhaps we can, you can talk us through 
that a little bit more. Of course. So I'll start with I'll start with the preovulatory phase, which is the spring, which is where I am right now. And this is the bit right after your period ends. And I think you know, many women who are new to this work often tell me like they understand what I'm saying when I say like, you know, that feeling after your period ends and you're like coming out of the period cave and there's this swell of energy and um, it can feel great. It can feel really good to have that like spring in your step essentially and to, um, to re-engage and to have more focus and motivation and natural positivity return so this phase is estrogen dominated and we've got this lovely like swell of estrogen in the body that is building us up to ovulation ovulation happens uh, around mid-cycle for most women and you can kind of think of it as like menstruation and ovulation being the two poles in the cycle kind of sit opposite each other so we've got a release of blood at menstruation when we're bleeding and then we've got a release of an egg at ovulation and ovulation is like the summer this is what i call the summer phase in the menstrual cycle and yeah, it's very much about being out in the world, connecting with loved ones, giving. It's quite a generous season. Um, it's the season, it's the phase of the cycle where we're, where we're most fertile as well. So whether we're interested in conceiving or not, you know, the body is primed to procreate. So it's also upping our resilience. It's upping our patience. It's upping our libido. Like we are just more primed to be with people. And it's fun. It's a great season because it's an easy season I find to be in the world. It's the season, it's the phase of my cycle where I feel like I'm superwoman and I can just, I can get everything done. Like I just often feel like I'm just on top of my life. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've maybe taken action in my spring and I've got some projects going. I've called my mom. I've seen girlfriends. I've like spent loads of time with my partner. I'm just feeling like I've ticked all the boxes and it feels great. You know, it's at, the, it's at the peak of the cycle and that hormonal surge can feel really wonderful. Then what happens after ovulation is if, there, if we haven't conceived, then we, have, we move into the second half of the cycle. And this half is more, is dominated by the hormone progesterone. So estrogen, the one that dominated that first half in the lead up to ovulation, you know, it's all about getting us out in the world. It's beautifying. It turns us on, makes us feel fabulous. Progesterone is much more interested in keeping us safe and cozy because it's the hormone that is there to nurture potential pregnancy. So it's not as interested in like getting us out into the world to find a mate, basically. Mm -hmm. It's much more about like, tuning in being reflective slowing down shifting the gears down and taking some time for ourselves so this is the autumn right so now we're moving into the autumn so you can think of like the seasons of the year and the leaves falling from the trees and the days are becoming shorter and darker and we do that same we go through that same process like we're mirroring we're mirror nature it's really cool and it can feel really cool and lovely and luscious to like take that time out and and that premenstrual week and like care for ourselves and sort of say no to other people but the truth is it can be really tough it can be really tough if we don't have that awareness that i spoke about earlier and and as i said you know i've worked with clients who were like i have this week where i'm just amazing and i'm on top of my life and i feel great and then the next week i want to crawl into a hole and hmm. more not it is 
it's that shift. It's that shift from the summer to the autumn, you know, from ovulation to the premenstrual week. And I found that just having that awareness, tracking the cycle, knowing what day you're on, starting to just, you know, be mindful that that shift is going to occur in the body. Actually, it can be a really nice, enjoyable time to just have a long bath instead of going out for dinner or like, you know, I can still get a lot of work done, but I'm less interested in working to other people's timelines or having lots of meetings. I'm quite happy to just kind of go into my creative cave and like be really productive. But I, you know, it's that kind of cave vibe rather than you know being out in the world with people, if that makes sense. And um, that then takes us back down to menstruation. So once we've had that week of progesterone dominating the cycle, hormones then come to a complete stop. They lowest levels that we have for the cycle and when that happens we begin to bleed and this is the winter so just like the winter of the year it's very much about you know really turning inwards and nourishing ourselves and pressing pause and and letting some things die you know like really letting some things go and that's what I love about my period it just feels like a giant release and like I'm pressing a big reset button I feel like I get this chance to start again every month which I just love the feeling of so I use this time to to take a break like I said I you know sort of step away from from work as much as I can and just sort of let go of that need to to produce it's still a creative time like I still feel like I get lots of ideas and I get quite a lot of clarity on my priorities and what needs to happen for the next cycle but I don't have that same juice in the tank that I do, you know, in the spring, in the summer phases of my cycle. So I don't push it. You know, I just try to go to flow with it. And, um, and again, just hold myself in maybe a different energy and have, and have different expectations on myself than I might have at other times. And before you know it, you know, the estrogen kicks in again and, um, and the cycle begins and we, and we move into the spring and get things going again. So it's, it's a real practice in like surrender and mm-hmm. transience, you know, and really being present with what is actually happening, knowing that it won't last forever. So learning how to optimize each phase and take care of ourselves in each phase, it helps the cycle to flow and sort of makes the whole process sort of restores the flow and the harmony of the whole, of the whole cycle by being aware of, the powers of, of each phase because um, you know we're so amazing that we have these these different powers and these different phases every month yeah and I wanted to go back to what you said about that kind of autumn phase and you know some of your clients perhaps saying they've had this really great week and now all of a sudden they're feeling a little bit lower perhaps and I I, I do track my cycle perhaps not very religiously but I have noticed that around say day 19 to day 21 depending on how long your cycle is uh that there is a big change that happens then um Mm. why is that I guess and and what kind of feelings might we associate with Mm. that yeah so that sounds that sounds about right so just to be clear um day one for anybody listening who isn't familiar with the days day one is the very first day of your period as in like full red juicy blood red you know flow of blood so it's not spotting or any of that kind of dark brown blood it's proper blood flow that's day one and then you just simply count forward from there and not everybody has a 28 day cycle but if you have you know roughly around about 20 you know 27 to 30 
30, 31 days, then it would make sense, as you um, just said, Anna, that around that 19, day 19 to day 20 mark, you, you, you might feel a shift. Um, I definitely do. And this would, this would really herald the, the transition into your autumn phase of your menstrual cycle. So that really is that crossover point. So we've got these four phases and then there's these, these crossover points where you're moving from one hormonal phase to the next. So what's happening here on, say, for you, like day cycle day 19 or 20 is, is likely, you know, this, this surge of estrogen and this, sorry, this surge of progesterone and this, this drop in estrogen and it's, it's a significant shift you know it really is and it makes sense that we feel it and I think that feeling it is is a sign that you know we're, we're tuning in we're listening and we're sensitive and we're you know we're sensitive beings and we're paying attention to what our body is telling us if it's if it's you know super drastic and it comes with a lot of um, dysphoria and um, you know like really struggling men with mental health and emotional health at this time then um, it's important to seek to seek help for that I, I really want I don't want to dismiss real issues that people have in that premenstrual week it can be such a difficult time for some women and I, I know respect that and that you know definitely seek some some support for if that's you during that time because you don't have to suffer at all like our body isn't designed to cause us pain or to cause us discomfort and struggle but it is natural to feel a shift you know to feel that change from the superwoman to you know to becoming more focused on yourself so ways that you know some signs might be for example noticing your libido suddenly vanishes maybe you've been really turned on and wanting like lots of sex for the past week and then suddenly like that just has gone out the window that's a really common sign at that crossover point um, needing more sleep so noticing that you're maybe not waking it up as easily in the morning and you're wanting to sleep more progesterone aids sleep so it's definitely going to cause you to want more sleep less interested in an early alarm um, you might notice that you just simply don't have as much physical energy or, or strength in the body we get a bump of testosterone at ovulation which can help us to feel more fiery and, and definitely to feel stronger in the body that um, you might notice you might be able to sense you know that shift as well um, wanting to just be alone and to have more time for yourself and that's okay <laughs> and well, not many of us have been conditioned i think to um to recognize that need for self-time and me time and to also be able to ask for it so just noticing that you might not be as interested in social events and that actually yeah a night in on your own sounds exactly you know the kind of thing that you need and so just being able to listen to those things and pay attention to them it's a really important moment in the cycle though so i'm glad that you've, you've highlighted it yeah and i wonder is our feelings kind of of self-doubt did they arise around this time? Because I mm -hmm. personally pick up on that for, for me. Um, and I think from the kind of other women that I've spoken to, that can be sometimes that time where we start to question things and yeah, we just feel a little bit off in a way. Mm -hmm. This is, yeah, this is the like burn your life down week of the cycle. <laughs> and it's like, right, I'm throwing it all in. I'm, quitting my job I'm leaving my partner I'm I can't you know I, I can't do this it's oh it can be such an 
a self-critical field day and um and again it can be it can be really tough so there's a, there's a few things going on here i mean a it is important to to reflect and you know, and there is a natural point in any creative process to to slow down and to reflect and to be able to have you know a critical eye right and it's important for any person in their life to to take a moment to just take stock and assess like right what's going well in my life right now and what needs to change what's working for me and what isn't working and the autumn week that that last week in the cycle before bleeding is definitely you know the week for that because we've moved through these other phases of getting things done and being with people and now you know we're naturally taking more time for ourselves so it is natural that like these reflective tendencies come up the problem is that we give that critical voice so much space and volume and it's this may be like 5%. My mentor, Alexandra says, you know, there's probably 5% of what that critical voice has to say that is worth listening to. You know, it's not all garbage. There probably is something in there that, you know, you could mine for some gold, but, but we just give it so much attention. And again, having that awareness of real recognizing that that can be a, a doubtful time, a critical time, a time that you might be more prone to comparison is, is helpful to, to realize because that way, say, for example, I know that I can be really um, Instagram, like social media is not a good time for me in those Mm -hmm. last few days of my cycle. So I just delete the app. I just delete Instagram for a few days when I know I'm like day, you know, 24 or 25 and I'm, I'm feeling slow and I'm feeling a bit blah and I'm going online and someone's like either, you know, slaying some project or they're on like holiday, the Maldives. And I'm just like, Oh my God. I couldn't feel further away from that, you know, and I just delete it because it's just giving my inner critic fuel. But at the same time, it has been helpful for me to, to listen to some of what's happened to some of what's coming up. Like it's not about just pushing that critical stuff aside. It is about taking some space and time to just to hear what it has to say. So one of the attacks that my critic often likes to dish out to me when I'm premenstrual is that I'm, not a good um, friend or like sister or daughter that I'm not good enough at keeping in touch with people. So I live in London, but I'm Australian. And so it's a, it's a constant like challenge to stay in touch with my family and my friends back home. And, um, and I'm, you know, sometimes I'm better at it than others. And when I haven't really optimized that summer phase of my cycle ovulation by, by making those phone calls and having zoom chats and like, you know, connecting with people, sending cards and things like that. Like when I haven't really made an effort to be in touch with my family, that's when my God, my critical voice just goes absolutely wild in my premenstrual week. Like it can just be so nasty. And what it does is it kind of like extrapolates the truth that, yep, sure. I could have made more of an effort this cycle to, you're a bad person, basically. Like you're a bad, you're a bad daughter. You're a bad friend. Everybody's talking about you. Everyone's annoyed with you. You know, it just takes, it just dramatizes everything, right? Like everything just becomes so much bigger than it is. And, and just by like taking a moment in that week, writing things down is really helpful for me. Sometimes I just journal on some of the thoughts I'm having and some of the doubts and the comparisons and the, the criticism. And I'll just kind of sit with it and just, 
be honest with myself around like what's you know what's like the five percent in this what what is true and maybe it's true that yeah I, I could have made more of an effort this cycle and um and I didn't and I'm not going to beat myself up about it I'm just going to make I'm just going to make an effort next cycle I'm going to make a note in my diary now that in a couple of weeks time I'm really going to to make an effort with the people that I love in my life and then to just to leave it there and be like okay cool done and sometimes that's easier said than done but this is why this week is so powerful because some of that that inner criticism and that doubt that can come up can actually be like pointing us towards something that is actually important to, for us to listen to we've just got to turn like the volume down on that critic does that make sense it does yeah it's, it's not letting it kind of run away from you mm-hmm. and and become this huge thing like you say kind of really exaggerating those statements that come up I guess mm. yeah exactly and it's Oh, it's good to just talk about it, you know, like even the conversation we're having right now, I can even just feel myself saying that out loud. It's like, oh yeah, it's okay. Like it's, it's, it's okay. Everybody, every single person has that inner critical voice and every single person has a doubt and every single person has, you know, like these moments of just wanting to give it up and, and throw it in. And sometimes actually that's what we do need to do. There are some things in our lives that are ready to be let go of and and for me that does come up in my autumn week sometimes I had a few things projects relationships um habits that I've just thought oh god stuff it like I'm so done with this you know in that premenstrual week come up like I just want to get this out of my life and actually that's really good because some things do need to go and um it's, it's just about listening and, and trusting and, and just hearing the truth under all of the other, you know, all the other stuff that comes with it. Mm. Yes, yeah, so it's really, actually, it can be quite an informative week for us, but we just need to learn to take it with a bit of pinch of salt. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So you talked about the creative process and I wondered how that actually works with the cycle and how that can help how being in tune with the cycle can help our creativity and productivity and how do you kind of utilize that perhaps in your day-to-day life? So one of the things that I just love, I'm just so fascinated by this with the menstrual cycle is that essentially it's mirroring the creative process. You know, there's this moment in the menstrual cycle for pause and for, you know, receiving clarity and, and just taking a bit of a break and then there's the moment for getting started, for moving things forward. There's the moment for being with people, sharing ideas, connecting, delivering. And then there's, you know, this, this phase for, for reflection and for editing and critiquing and, um, you know, and starting again. And that is just one of my favourite things about it is that, one, it, it shows us, you know, it models for us so beautifully that creativity isn't linear. Where you know we live in a culture that's obsessed with linear modes of creativity and just constant output and production, and I think we're all beginning to wake up to the fact that that doesn't work, and it's not sustainable. And actually, approaching life and our creative projects, which um, with the more cyclic perspective, and realizing that like we do need time to, to have a break, and to rest, mm-hmm. and to let ideas um, you know germinate that's really, really important, like space from projects, pause, 
um, so essential for to create rich, you know, fertile, creative projects that um, are going to last in the long term, which is what I'm interested in. So for me, my menstrual cycle awareness practice has just, again, it's just helped to model that for me so that when I'm approaching a larger project creatively, I'm always aware of what phase I'm in with it. So I'm not expecting it that it's going to be this like linear, you know, A to B, this lovely like line. I, I always think of that, um, that meme, have you seen it? Where it's like the idea, my idea of success and it's this like perfect mm-hmm. line from mm-hmm. the bottom of the graph to the top and it's like what success actually looks like and it's just this like squiggly like line that kind of goes all over the place before it eventually gets to the top and I, the, my menstrual cycle awareness practice has just, it's just shown me that that's, that's just so true. <laughs> you know, like it's just so true. So it helps me to realize when I'm in a project, right, am I in the winter phase right now of this project? Am I in the like ideas phase, the um, brainstorming phase, just receiving clarity? I'm not really taking action yet, but I'm just kind of like getting the vision for it. Or am I in the spring phase when I'm moving things forward and I'm making plans and writing to-do lists? Am I in the summer phase of a project where I'm like sharing it with people, I'm delivering it, I'm like launching something? I'm really in that like full, you know, creative outward facing mode. Or am I now in the, in the autumn phase where I'm editing something, I'm reflecting, I'm, I'm working out what has and hasn't worked. I'm like coming back in with it and honing it an idea before, you know, moving through the cycle again. And I think any creative project will move through that cycle over and over and over and over again um, until it's, until it's complete. And, and that's just been so helpful for me to like, to see that in my body and to see that in my work. So that's one way it's been really useful for me. The other way is that then there's just practical, like we were describing earlier, cycle syncing, where I can start to actually line up the tasks that I have to do for a project with my cycle. So something that I do on, on day one of my period of my cycle every month, that first day that I bleed is I sit down with my diary and I, in a red pen, I write down next to the date for the next month, I write down my upcoming cycle day next to the date. And I also look at my calendar. I've got my Google Cal and I'll pop in approximately when I guess the next, my next menstrual period will be when my next bleed will be for the next couple of cycles. I can always sort of see ahead and see like, about when will it be my next one and with that information I can then start to allocate tasks to those different phases so like I said right now I'm on cycle day eight and I'm drowning in to-do lists and plans and, and I'm moving things forward there's a couple of projects that have been sort of put on hold for the last little while like I'm, I'm making sure that there's some momentum behind them right now I'm looking forward I've got you know some some calls and I've got some like meetings with people in the next week or so because I'll be moving into my ovulatory phase where I'm I'm really happy to have like to just talk all day if I was to schedule a day of calls and meetings on like day two of my cycle or even day 25 I would I'd be able to do it of course I would but um I would find it hard you know I would find it really difficult and um it would it would drain me in a way that on day say 12 to 17 of my cycle it would feel easy yeah and you know I want it to feel easy I want my creative projects to to feel good so 
I, I will. I'll, I'll where I can. I'll, I'll schedule tasks and um, and I'll start and I'll try to sync a project. You know, the life of a project up. You know, with my cycle where possible. And it's not. It's not about trying to be perfect. But again, like there are things within our control, and that's been really helpful for me to like use the energy, the natural. I guess the natural inhale and exhale of my cycle and ride that wave of, of hormones to, to produce work that feels more sustainable than just expecting myself to show up to my desk every single day in the same way. Yeah, so it's really following that flow and finding that ease within it actually by recognising everything that's going on and, and using that to your advantage. Exactly, and it is about recognising everything else that's going on. You know, we don't live in like a vacuum of course, I do know I need to take into account other responsibilities I have, things that are going on in my personal life, um, other expectations that, that are beyond, you know, people's expectations that I don't have control over, you know, and and that might happen that some days on on day 25, I do have to sit and, and do a whole day of calls or teach a workshop. And it's, it's maybe not my ideal day, sure. But, but even just having that awareness means I can go, right, I know that on day 25, this cycle, I've got this huge day of meetings. What can I do before and after that to just make sure that I'm like really having some clear time and like recharging my battery so that I can show up on that day in a way that feels good to me? Um, that, that changes everything as well. Just having that awareness and, and then applying self-care where needed when things don't always go to plan. Yeah, absolutely. So as we are coming kind of to the end of the conversation, if there was one tip that you could give your younger self, what would it be? Hmm. To trust yourself. Yeah, to trust um, your inst- trust my instincts more. I think that I spent a long time always looking for guidance and assurance outside of mm-hmm. myself and just to listen, you know, learn to listen in and learn to trust what I feel like I needed and um yeah that's what I would offer to her mm, I love that that's certainly something that I've learned as I got older as well is, is to kind of listen in um mm. I know that you have a book coming up um that's going to launch soon mm. I say launch be released into the world so <laughs> um tell us a little bit about it because that's really exciting yeah, that's exciting. Thank you. I really, I've got so many books on the menstrual cycle that I've loved and have learned so much from over the years, but a lot of them are super in-depth and quite clinical. And mm. if you're somebody who isn't interested in becoming an expert on the menstrual cycle, but really you just like to learn how to chart your cycle and how to live more and flow with it, all the things we've been talking about, I wanted to write a book that would serve that person that felt light and warm and had lots of concise, helpful information, but wasn't overwhelming. And, um, and it was fun, you know, like, why can't this be a fun conversation? And mm-hmm. so that's what I hope I've, I've created. It's called 50 things you need to know about periods and yeah, it'll be out in July and I can't wait. I can't wait to have people have it, you know, in their homes to give it to girlfriends, sisters, um, have, you know, that, that resource that you can flick to when you are on that day 19 or 20 of your cycle and you're like, Oh God, <laughs> happening what what do I need to do again like what do I need to do (laughs) you know and it's all just right there really easy so that you can make make the changes you need to make and um and yeah and live more in flow yeah absolutely and I guess it aids obviously everything that you do kind of helps to open up that conversation so that we are more aware and you know obviously 
half of the population are female and are going through this so it's really actually really important that we actually embrace that information and don't shy away from those topics Exactly. Yeah, this is happening to 50% of the population at some point in their life, about 35 years. It's, it's not a niche market by any means. Um, and, I, and I love that idea of, of women getting to know where they are in their own cycle, but also getting to know where friends are, where colleagues are, where their, you know, their kids are, and mm-hmm. just it, it being an, under, you know, an understanding of not only where where we might be in our own menstrual cycle at any point in time, but also whether the other um, people who menstruate, other women in our lives, where they are too, you know, and that creates a really beautiful new level of vulnerability and connection I've seen in my friends in my clients and my colleagues. And I love, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So we can really be as supportive as we can be as friends and uh, partners. Exactly. So where are you in your cycle actually, Anna? (laughs) I'm on day three, so I did not Ah. schedule this very well. (laughs) Um, No, I'm on day three. I'm finding that um, my period is actually becoming shorter. um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm moving into that kind of spring phase a little bit sooner than perhaps Mm -hmm. I was earlier in my 20s Mm. that's an interesting shift that I'm kind of keeping track on um so yeah I love cycle day three it's it's one of my favorites I think it's that like first I feel like at this first real sign of life returning mm-hmm. isn't it it's like you might have really been kind of out of it for a couple of days or maybe on I feel like I'm always on another planet on the first couple of days of my cycle and then by day three I'm like ooh, hello yeah <laughs> you start that. to feel absolutely you start to feel a bit yeah. more yourself again yeah exactly. amazing well, joy thank you so much Claire for your time today where can people find you so you can find me over at uh, clairebaker.com, C-L-A-I-R-E-B-A-K-E-R. And I've got lots of free resources and courses and things that you can, you know, if you're intrigued to learn more, that you can take and dive into this work. Otherwise, on Instagram, my handle is underscore Claire Baker, again, C-L-A-I-R-E-B-A-K-E-R underscore. And yeah, Instagram is definitely my favorite social media hangout. And of course, you've got a book coming up and that will be released in July soon. Exactly. Yeah. And you can pre-order that, order that wherever you would normally buy books from. Amazing. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'd be so, so grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes so that other female creatives can find this podcast too.